Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat. Welcome back into the Ball Blast Football Podcast. If you're you're new to the show, uh, you're probably a little confused, uh, wondering where Kate and Michelle are. But if you've been with us for the last few few weeks, then you know uh, this is Matthew Betts, the lead injury analyst, physical therapist here with Ball Blast Football. Uh, normally for these injury recap shows and waiver wire shows, I'm joined by Kate Majuk. Unfortunately, she could not be with me today. So this is a solo pod. Uh, just me on the mic talking about the injuries from week three, what to know as you look forward towards week four, and then a little little bit of advice on, on kind of how to navigate the waiver wire here as we look towards week four. If you want a more detailed waiver wire breakdown, be sure to head to the website ballblastfootball.com. Uh, we have a great article up there by Kai Brewer, one of our writers, looking at uh, the top waiver wire ads for week four. Uh, he did a great job with that, so go check it out. All right, guys, let's get into the injury breakdown. Man, uh, what a year, right? Like 2020, so, so many injuries. And we got to start with probably the biggest name on the list here for this week, in my opinion, from a, a fantasy standpoint. Chris Godwin dealing with a hamstring injury that's going to sideline him for multiple weeks. It's worth noting for listeners that, uh, you know, last year he actually ended the season on injured reserve because of a hamstring issue. So when you see these type of recurrences, you can understand that it will take longer to get back potentially for that player. So, we're looking at a situation where Chris Godwin is going to miss multiple weeks. We can't forget Justin Watson also missed last week with a shoulder injury. So if Scotty Miller is out there on waivers, it looks like he's going to be playing nearly every single snap for the Bucks here as you look forward to the next two to three weeks. So probably a good snag if you're looking for some advice or a backup option here for the wide receiver position. Sticking with the theme of hamstring injuries, Deshaun Jackson and Mike Williams both picked up hamstring injuries Last week, same story, right? We know the, the recurrence rate is high. These guys are almost always going to miss at least one game, usually more. And the one that I'm more worried about of these two is Deshaun Jackson. Just given his injury history, we know he's got multiple of these in his past. He's a speed wide receiver who relies on that speed and explosiveness to get downfield. That's always tricky for these types of guys. So look for Deshaun Jackson to miss multiple weeks. And then with Mike Williams, same thing, monitor how the week goes, but I would project him to sit here in week four. John Brown picked up a calf injury last week. He had zero reception. So if you started him, it was it was a tough outing, but he did pick up the calf injury, left early, did not return. Um, calf injuries, just like hamstring injuries, have a high recurrence rate, but they're pretty tricky because these players usually feel pretty good when they're walking around. But when you go to actually run and sprint and do all the things you have to do in football, that's when the injury presents itself and really is, is most obvious. So I would not be shocked to see things trending in a positive way for Brown throughout the next two weeks, but it's likely that he's going to miss at least week four, potentially week five, and he'll be a pretty volatile play as soon as he's back out there on the field. So look to see what happens there with John Brown. And then again, sticking with the wide receivers, Deontay Johnson for the Steelers did pick up a concussion, so we'll have to see how he progresses this week. Through the protocol, same story for Russell Gage, the wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, worth noting, though, between those two players, Russell Gage does have an extra day to progress through the five stages of the NFL's concussion protocol, given that the Falcons play a Monday night football against the Packers uh, in week four. He'll have that extra day to get through the, the protocol there. Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver, rookie for the Colts. Uh, kind of a, a scary situation. He ended up getting a contusion or a bruise in his lower leg, 
Uh, and then you saw the reports that he had to be taken to the hospital for surgery. And essentially, this is what happened to Tyler Lockett last season. If you guys remember, late in the year, he picked up that lower leg contusion, which resulted in compartment syndrome. And essentially what this means is you've got these different compartments in your lower leg that are all kind of surrounded by uh, fascia and different bones. And essentially, it's it's a closed space. So uh, your tissues can't expand beyond that space. And so if there's a bruise in that area, it causes swelling in a confined space. So essentially, you have more uh, swelling in an area where you know it can't expand. So the pressure increases exponentially in that compartment, which puts a lot of pressure on the nerves and the arteries, blood vessels that go through that area. And if it's serious enough, it can be an, an immediate medical concern. That's why he was taken to the hospital. That's why he had surgery. And what they do in the surgery is they go in, they actually release the fascia. So they kind of just make a cut in it to provide more space uh, for the swelling to dissipate. And then, you know, less pressure on the nerve, less pressure on the, the blood vessels, et cetera. So Michael Pittman Jr. had that surgery. He's going to be out probably about six weeks. Um, if you have an IR spot, sure, hang on to him. But honestly, in a redraft league, you're probably able to drop him especially considering we're going to be out, you know, six weeks here. Uh, you probably need the depth on your roster, especially here as you look forward to week four. Another wide receiver likely going to be out this week. Brian Edwards, rookie for the Raiders, picked up a high ankle sprain uh, this past week on a nice catch and run down the sideline against the Patriots. Ended up having the, the tackler roll up on the outside of his ankle, causing it to kind of rotate outward. He did, you know, leave the field under his own power. So I, I don't think this is a huge, huge issue where he's out you know, three, four, five weeks. I think this is probably a week-to-week type of situation. So we'll see what he does in practice this week. He was in a walking boot on Monday. And just, you know, it's coach speak, but we still have to say it. John Gruden did come out and tell the media that he was, quote, concerned. So we'll see what happens. We need more details first to kind of make a full projection. But regardless, likely out here for week four. Jarek McKinnon picked up a rib contusion this past week. Not too worried about this. This is usually a... Um, a pain tolerance type of issue for running backs, specifically for Jarek McKinnon. You know, his was reportedly pretty minor. I expect him to be pretty limited in practice this week, but they do play on Sunday Night Football against my uh, just embarrassing Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I do expect McKinnon to play. He'll probably split time like he did last week uh, with Jeff Wilson Jr., who is another decent pickup this week as you look for running back depth and running back help on the waiver wire. Um, you know, he was the guy that found the end zone twice last week. So uh, I think a sneaky ad, if you're looking for a flex for an RB two here this week, last few names on the list here, Dallas Goddard originally was diagnosed as a high ankle sprain. Then we have news coming out today on Tuesday that this is, um, actually a fracture in the ankle. And you know, the reports from Doug Peterson is that he's going to miss quote some time. We've also seen other guys like Rappaport, um, and Tom Pelissero from NFL Network telling us that they're going to be out a couple weeks. There isn't a specific like, oh, he's out six weeks or he's out eight weeks type of timeline for this injury. And here's why. You might hear the term fracture and the immediate thought is, oh, gosh, that's not good. Well, that is true, obviously. But typically what happens with these high ankle sprain and fracture injuries is that if the, the ligaments are sprained and there's enough force to actually rotate the ankle enough, it can cause the outer lower leg bone to break at the bottom. It's, it's called your fibula. It's the most lateral bone in the lower leg. It's kind of the bony part that sticks out that you kind of refer to as like your ankle bone. That's what we're looking at here with, with Dallas Goddard. That's the part that's broken. And with that, it's not a massive concern. Obviously, you need to let the bone heal, but it's not a massive concern um, long term because it doesn't need surgery usually unless it's 
uh, out of place for him. It is not, so no surgery. But then also, it's not a weight-bearing bone. So, you know, like your ankle, um, you don't put weight on that part. So it, it can be an injury that recovers faster than your classic six to eight-week recovery timeline for a fracture. So I would not be shocked to see Dallas Goddard back out on the field here in roughly a month or so. He is going to miss a couple of weeks for sure, uh, but it's not going to be as long as maybe people think. So Dallas Goddard, maybe a sneaky IR stash versus uh, versus a, a, just a drop. If someone in your league does drop him, I would confidently add him and, and put him on your IR spot if you have one available in your league. All right, a couple more running backs here. Tariq Cohen out for the year, Torres ACL. Um, you know, not much analysis here. He is going to miss the rest of the season. He'll undergo surgery pretty soon. Uh, and then in that light, David Montgomery could see an uptick in his passing down work with Cohen sideline for the year. Chris Carson is dealing with a left knee sprain. I'm going to call him week to week. The injury looked way worse on the field than it actually was uh, from a diagnosis standpoint. You kind of saw the defender like rotate his leg after the play was over. And this is one that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of put this in a simple term. Chris Carson is probably more hurt than injured when you look at what's going on with the knee. So I don't think he'll play in week four, but I do think he is a safe bet to, to bounce back moving forward. So probably a one to two week type of injury. No major long-term concerns from me with Chris Carson. Now, the other thing to, to discuss on the show today is the COVID situation going on with the Titans and potentially with the Vikings. Now, as of the recording of this show, which is about 1.30 on Tuesday afternoon, we don't have specific full details, but there's potential that they might cancel a couple of the NFL games this weekend with the teams that are involved. Uh, if you missed the news, there were three players from the Titans that tested positive. Uh, I think it was another five staff members that tested positive as well for the Titans. So they closed down the facility this week. And because they played the Vikings in week three, their facility is closed for the foreseeable future. So if, you, if you're if you a manager that has Derrick Henry, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Jonu Smith, etc., you need to be making backup plans immediately for those types of players. If you're asking, you know, which games might be played and which ones might not, right now it looks more optimistic that the Vikings will play. It looks relatively pessimistic that the Titans will play. But again, more details to come out soon. Uh, keep it locked on the show here. Kate and Michelle will fill you in later in the week. As well, we'll have some content up on the website to, to talk about that. So need to be preparing for that. Running back help for the week. Obviously, with Chris Carson potentially out this week, you could look towards Carlos Hyde. He's rostered in just 15% of leagues right now. Um, they take on Miami this week. Obviously, it's a good matchup. We expect the offense to put up points against the Dolphins. So Carlos Hyde is, is a great add in that same game. If you're looking for some help, Miles Gaskin is a, a depth type of running back, a flex type play who's only rostered in 10% of leagues. Certainly a sneaky type of, of play. If you saw him last Thursday night, he got 22 carries in that game, five targets, five receptions, almost 100 total yards. So they're using him in bunches. And again, a good environment, a game environment that we want to attack in fantasy this week is the Seattle and Miami game, just given that the, the defense for Seattle is not good. It's, it's leading to great things for Russell Wilson, but the, the team is just struggling on defense. So yes, I think the Dolphins are in play here, and that includes Miles Gaskin if you need an emergency start at running back. At the wide receiver position, certainly Justin Jefferson is intriguing. We saw him just come out and absolutely smash Last week, per PFF, he had the third highest single game grade by a rookie. 
since 2006. So he had a fantastic outing against the Titans. He's rostered in 18% of leagues. We did just talk about that situation that was one to potentially monitor. So be careful with Justin Jefferson. If you if you you know add him to your team, certainly do it. But don't think as of yet you can lock him into the lineup just given the COVID situation surrounding the Vikings. Monitor those reports. Brandon Ayuk, uh, the wide receiver for the 49ers, only in rostered in 20% of leagues. Takes on my Eagles. I mean, what's there to say? The Eagles right now are just in shambles. Uh, you can certainly attack that defense. And, you know, without the other star playmakers on the field, Brendan Ayuk got involved in a big way against the Giants last week. We saw him used on short passes, on screens, jet sweeps, etc. They were designing ways to get him the ball in space. He's excellent with the ball in his hands after the catch. So look for Ayuk to make some big splash plays on Sunday against the Eagles. The other wide receiver I'll mention here is Alan Lazard. Um, came out and was great uh, last week in week three without Devontae Adams. Now, we'll see if Devontae Adams is back. This game is on Monday Night Football, um, but it's the highest over-under on the board. They're taking on Atlanta. Certainly, you can attack that defense. They're getting absolutely shredded through the air. Lazar looks good, and he's only on 22% of rosters, so if you need a wide receiver, certainly you can do worse than Alan Lazard. Uh, I think he's a really intriguing play this week. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for the injury recap and the waiver wire show for this week. Sorry it was a little shorter than usual. Sorry there was no cape, but we, we held it down. We got it done for you guys for the, the group here at Ball Blast Football. Um, be sure to check out the website. Don't forget, ballblastfootball.com. And if you want to support the show, if you want to look for more tools, more resources to help you win in 2020, be sure to check out Patreon, patreon.com. Slash Ball Blast is the place to go for that. You get access to our Slack channel. You can talk start, sit, waiver wire, et cetera, with us throughout the week. And then as well, we get uh, our listeners, our subscribers, a bonus podcast each week. So check that out at Patreon, patreon.com slash Ball Blast. Subscribe if you're new to the show. We will see you next week for the injury recap. And then, of course, later this week, Kate and Michelle back to preview week four. Until then, we will see you next time. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast.